Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs, podcast where we take a Lighthearted look at the dark side of history. The topic of our podcast today is the Cincinnati Strangler, serial killer, Postel Lasky. What do you think? Postel, to me, like the post office. Postel. Postel. I'm sorry. Postel. He was very particular about that. Well, I don't want to. I hope I didn't insult him. Over getting his name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's a local story, um, and we're going to talk about all of his dastardly deeds. But before we do. Uh, let me remind everyone that we are a true crime comedy podcast. We use adult language, and if That's adult right. language offends you, go fuck yourself, Timmy. You should That's try what they can do. one of the other wonderful true crime podcasts out there, like our friends with They Walk Among Us. Our friend Nina has a new podcast. If that offends you, you should get on to PBS and watch Bob. Ross, paint those little birds. That's about First of all, we're not taking the name of Bob Ross in vain here. Let's just settle down. Is he still on? Is that still on? He's dead. Oh, yeah. I know he's dead. But they got reruns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you can get it on Netflix. Well, I'll be sure not to check that out, Brandy. That's kind of a dick move, Timmy. You could do with some happy trees. (laughs) I don't know. He looks kind of boring to me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't understand why anyone would want to sit there and watch someone paint. I don't understand that. It's mesmerizing. It <laughs> really is. It's crazy calming. the way he makes little snow caps on mountains. He and birds. A true artiste. Yeah. Mm. I heard yeah, he was a serial like killer. No, I heard didn't. he was a serial killer. That's what I heard. No, you didn't. I think I he read that on that. I think I read that on our Facebook page. Or the History Onion. Leaves, the podcast. Or The Onion. Maybe. Okay. Wonder you, know, yeah. you take a Bob Ross and a Van Gogh, and Van Gogh looks like a second grader. Working That's, on watercolors, oh. Timmy. That's I like him. Van Gogh. He Bob lost Ross his ear. both his ears. Yeah, well, Van he Gogh didn't lost lose his ear. He took it off. Well, a yeah, piece of it. He never lost think. it. Well, he was a d- very devoted uh, lover, Brandy. Yes, he was. Yeah. You know what? As soon as somebody cuts off their ear for me, it's kind of one of those. Like, yeah, I'm doesn't backing that, out of that situation. That doesn't make you hot. No, I'm. Uh, no, no, I'm backing out. <laughs> well, I'm let me introduce. Out. Let me introduce. Hard our to please you, woman. I, you know, I know. Let me introduce our panel, who have uh, already imposed himself upon my introduction. 
I would like to introduce a lady who's known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? Oh, Timmy, you know, I'm doing all right. It's kind of a dreary day. We're off. It's Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And I brought you. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were thanking me. But yes, we do want to thank all of the veterans out there. Yes, we do. And so I have the day off. But Noah does not have the day off. What is Noah doing? Chuck, what are you getting into? I'm not doing anything. I was wondering what was going on on your end there. I thought that Chuck was shaking his Tic Tac container. Yeah. Right. It's it's important to have good breath when you're on a Skype call. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So um, Noah, young Noah's not is in school today. That doesn't he seem is. right. That doesn't it's seem a, right. It's amazing, and he's so pissed about it. So I had to convince him that I was going into work. So that he wouldn't, like, pitch a fit to stay home. I don't think he should be in school. They're not recognizing the veterans? I mean, what is this? This is a 100-year anniversary of the end of the First World War. And his free school does not uh, celebrate that? Or his school does not celebrate that? Evidently, they do not. I'm I'm with no on this one. You got him going to. It's probably a communist school. Mm -hmm. I. Well, I've ser- I've searched for those. Bolshevist junior high, <laughs> <laughs> Lenin yeah. preschool, or whatever. It, it is, it is. But he's yeah, he's pissed. But they, but they do get the Wednesday off before Thanksgiving, and we do not. So maybe they traded it out. Well, you know what? That has nothing to do with celebrating veterans. I think that's a, I don't know, a shit maybe, move. Well, you know, maybe they're going to draw pictures or something today at school. I don't really know what they're doing. The important part, the important thing about my story, mm-hmm. is that. I'm sitting here, Dave is asleep, and I, you know, and I'm on the phone with you fuckers, but I got nothing. There's nothing I don't need. Uh, it's amazing. I'm not even sure what to do with You're myself. You're all alone? You're alone. Yeah. You could use this time for a little one-on-one with your husband, perhaps. Well, you could. I, I, Why don't I could you go be. wake Dave up in that happy way that men like to be woke up? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's asleep. I'm not waking that bear for nothing. He's asleep. He's on third shift right now. I'm not waking that bear. Well, nah. guys like to be waking up if it's uh, for a good cause. For a good cause, well, we'll get up out of bed. Yeah, and and all of that may be, but that's just not going to happen. I have an appointment at one to get my fingernails done. I'm not waking him up, and that is the way that's going to be. But I would like to say something if if that's at all okay oh, like we could ever stop you before please well, brandy please say something please just ramble on like you've been doing incoherently for the last eight minutes go ahead <laughs> the last three years continue brandy <laughs> huh fuck you guys so this past week you know we suffered a, a huge loss to our dweeb family we, we did, did. Yeah. yes we did and um for those of you that weren't on the page there was a lovely woman on there named bridget clavey and she was, you know, remarkable. I lots of, um, I had lots of Facebook interaction with her. We met her once in Indianapolis, where she came barging in that room like she was from Ice. If you guys yes. remember that? Yeah, so it was funny. She amazing. was hilarious. Mm-hmm. She was so funny, and she was so smart and sweet. And uh, we we lost her this past week, and so I just wanna, I just wanna take a second to, you know, appreciate everything that. She, I mean, she actually helped us out a lot. She promoted us everywhere she went. Yeah, she was um, a big supporter of the show. She certainly was. And in the very supporter. beginning, when we had about six listeners, she was yeah. always 
yeah. Going around there, telling so. everybody about us. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to, I'd actually like to dedicate this podcast to her. So I think she would have liked it. And, and uh, that's really all it's been. A, it's been a rough week for a lot of our listeners, for myself. So, um, you know, I just like to, I would like to do that. So that's all right. Well, I, that is a um, very noble thing. That was a good thing. And um, we certainly all loved Bridget and, um, she's always going to be with us. We will always remember her. And, uh, I hope that she would enjoy this show because we're talking about serial killer and she, she liked that. She loved a good serial killer. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, that's a very good point. We miss you, Bridget. Uh, let me introduce, uh, the other member of our panel, a man who really needs no introduction, Brandy. But we're going to give him one anyway. Well, he's known as the, uh, He's probably the most dangerous man in podcasting today. Nowhere. No, he's not. He's been referred to as an oasis in the desert of despair. People turn to him in time of trouble. He's a bridge over troubled waters, Brandy. He is troubled waters. He is the moral compass of our podcast, I'm proud to say. That's sad. He is the reverend, the honorable. For sake. Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters. The third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. Yeah. Oh, I'm I, not good. What's wrong, Colonel? Let's delve into your pitly ass problems. It's these, rec- these recounts, Timmy, on the boats. All right. We had in the United States, we had a midterm election last week. We did. And there's uh, Florida and Arizona, I believe, are going through recounts. So I'm what's your concern? Kind of, well, well, I, I don't know if I won yet, Timmy. Well, that's true. I think what we're watching here is a clusterfuck in action. That's what this is. So you're concerned, Colonel Watt. What's your concern about all this? My concern is who's in charge of this shit? I could, you give me a big box of ballots, I could have had the shit done by now. You, you, you have to take off your shoes. Recounting them and recounting them and recounting them, and then if it doesn't come out the way the person wants it. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there are 8 million votes. They haven't recounted them yet. They're just How counting it right now. Count them? Who's counting them? Well, I don't know. Whoever well, does that sort of thing. was a week ago, Timmy. I'm sorry, Colonel. Hey, you, hey, democracy is slow. So I have cons- money on some of these candidates, Timmy. <laughs> I see. Very nice. I see. So you're gambling on elections. That's what you're telling me? Yes. All right. Down, well, down I, it, Timmy, I got, I got $100 riding off Florida alone. Well, I hope it comes out the way that you want it to, Colonel. Well, I hope you walk away a winner. Yeah. yeah, make some calls. Our, our election system, we, we have the worst election system ever, Timmy. I mean, and, and that's why you have dictators, Timmy, because people can't count votes right. They well, take too long to count votes, and then all of a sudden people just say, fuck it, you know what? Just, you know, let, if you, let's, have a, let's have a Lenin, a Stalin. A well, you know, the nice thing Khrushchev. about uh, dictatorship Putin. is you don't have yard signs, which is... Un- you don't. <laughs> you don't. And, yeah. you know... Putin can wait around for a recount. Although you have those big balloons of them, you know, like Stalin. You'd have these big balloons of Stalin in parades and things. So there's some yeah. money that goes to that. Oh. And you got well, all the paintings. The paintings yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's true. Really? Statues. Murals. I kind of like a like statue that. of me. I would like to You know what? Statue. We'll put one of you in Washington Park. Oh, I'd like that. Thank you, Brandy. Sure. Okay. We're on it. Okay, let's talk well, at about. At least a drawing. Let's talk about Postil Lasky. Nailed to a telephone pole. 
Hmm. Serial killer. Post Lasky, Brandy. All, All right. right so, Brandy, as you remember, early 1960s. I don't. You probably remember in the early 1960s there was a uh, serial killer that was uh, go- that went by the name of the Boston Strangler. Wow. And man. he killed uh, 13 women, Brandy, in uh, between 1962 and 1964. Now, what does that have to do with our podcast today? Well, nothing really, other than the fact that um, you know it was kind of a it was a national. You know, story nationwide story, and then when women started to die in Cincinnati, uh, of course, um, the women in the city became became frightened. Brandy, as you would, this guy, this guy's a lesser known strangler. He is well, yeah, he but is. he was uh, he was on pace to. Uh, he actually killed more people in a shorter amount of time than um, than the Boston strangler. But between, you know why? 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 He wasn't masturbating so much, Timmy. Well, masturbating does slow you down. Now we got it a does. lot of in the Boston Strangler. They said masturbated between eight and ten times a day, Timmy. Yeah, that would ruin your socks, man. It's almost <laughs> it will, up to you, Chuck. It'll it'll put it'll put a bliss. It'll put little calluses around the turtle head, Timmy. That's true, Brandy. It's your safe. thoughts on that, Brandy? What's, what's your thoughts on that, Brandy? I have no thoughts. No thoughts. Yeah. Well, let me say that, that we got a lot of feedback last from our show last week when we discussed pap smears. Uh-huh. And, Colonel, people really appreciated your input uh, explaining the whole pap smear uh, process. Well, I, you know, people, ladies, you got to maintain the Volvo. The Volvo. Yes. The Volvo. <laughs> Make sure you get the oil changed all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Was that Vol- what is it? Volvo? Vulcan? That's better. What was Spock? A Vulcan? Spock was a Vulcan. Okay. He had no emotions. Does it Evolva much. have any, any emotion? Just like a vagina. It does. <laughs> it does, Brandy. You say it, it does. does. It can get angry. angry. Colder than a poker player. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get it angry. Not an angry vagina. <laughs> and nothing worse than an angry vagina. Every <laughs> vagina I've ever met has been angry. <laughs> Between October night. <laughs> That's Between surprising. O- <laughs> Between October 1965 and December 1966, female Cincinnati residents were terrorized by a series of murders and sexual assaults, Brandy. And it made them think of the Boston Strangler. Seven huh. women died, and one was injured in a space of just 14 months. So it was a shorter time span. The Cincinnati Strangler was the name given to the serial killer who raped and strangled Seven women, most of them, uh, this is kind of sad, most of them were elderly. In fact, all but one of the uh, victims were between 51 and 81. Yeah, and for the older lady, Timmy. Yeah, he did. Uh, Although, ironically enough, the one they caught him on was, uh, she was only 31 years old. So Mm -hmm. that's made people, all right, so, yeah, so this guy, a lot of people think maybe they got the wrong guy when they arrested uh, Postal Lasky because, as I said, the victim that he uh, was arrested for and was convicted on was 31 years old, and the other ones were older. But, as it turns out, um, after he was convicted and uh, sentenced to prison, actually he was convicted and sentenced to death originally, um, I feel like this is Chuck's part that you're 
No, no, no. I'm just over. giving you the overview. Uh, the murder stopped, so it, we don't know if he got the right guy or not, but the murders did stop after um, they arrested Postal Lasky. Um, but still, there's still some doubt, and even some of the investigators on the case still doubt whether they got the right guy. But, um, yeah, and his conviction led to some race riots in Cincinnati at the time, so it was a, it was a pretty big story. But anyway, let me tell you about Postal Lasky. Did, Did I you tell like you to... my, my Postal Lasky story, Timmy? No, please do, Colonel. I was a young lab mm-hmm. when Postal was bandying about doing his dirty deeds. Yes. And my brother was not quite so young. And he snuck up on my mother in the kitchen while she was sweeping the floor. Mm-hmm. Now, women were hysterical at the thought of Postal being in their kitchen all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And he snuck up on my mother and went, Ooh. And she turned around, Timmy, and beat him down with a broomstick. That's <laughs> a teaching. Except my brother said he understood that what he had done was wrong and realized, you know, the whole hillside strangler thing and mm-hmm. that that probably was not a wise choice to make. But he said what really broke his heart is when he could see in her eyes she realized it was him. And she kept beating him anyway. <laughs> Didn't hold yeah. her back. Well, so <laughs> no, he might have been. He might have been the uh, Cincinnati Strangler. He might have been. He might yeah. have been the twelve-year-old Strangler. <laughs> but, it, but it was it was a period of time that was pretty. You know, people, everyone was kind of anxious, and um, there was you know uh, hardware stores. They were they weren't able to keep up with locks. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, it was just a. You know, people were panicking, and this is around the same time, Colonel, as the Brickham murders that also occurred on that's right west side of Cincinnati. So we talked about that in a different podcast. But anyway, let me tell you about Postile. Am I saying his name right, Colonel Postile? Postile. Okay, Postile. Like the Postile office, Timmy. Jesus. Was born on August the fourth, Brandy, in nineteen thirty-seven. His mother was uh, pregnant, I guess, during the holidays or during yes. the hot summer, Brandy. Both. That wouldn't be very good, would it? No. Were you, no, were were you pregnant during the summer? No. No, I was I was always pregnant when it was cold, so that was good. Very little is known of uh, Postil's childhood, other than he was raised by a single mom and did not have a na- uh, relationship with his natural father. He grew up in a home with seven brothers and sisters in the Avondale neighborhood of Cincinnati, and... For those of you who are not familiar with Avondale, it's a predominantly black neighborhood. Is that fair to say, Brandy? Yes. Okay. Now it is. I don't know what yeah. it was back then. Yeah, I think it was as well. Postil did not do well in school and was often teased by his fellow classmates. By the way, Postil is African-American. It appears he dropped out of school at the age of 13. Uh, by this time, he was already getting into trouble with the police. You think about that, Brandy. The popo. Well, five o. It's not starting out well for him. No. When he was uh, fourteen, Postil was arrested three different times for shoplifting, and served six months in uh, reform reform school. In uh, have 19- one of those around here. I think we did in the sixties, but I don't know if out here. But well, there's one here, right? Isn't twenty twenty a reform school? Kind of. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so in, store. That's what they'd send you when you was a a bad boy. Child. A bad boy. 
You've been dead, devil. Oh, no, you never you lived outside Cincinnati. Right. Plus, your dad had connections, so all your dereliction. Oh, uh, yeah, they just bring her home. Dude, she'd get in trouble. You know, yeah, my bring dad her home drunk. Made, my dad would have made sure I stayed in jail. <laughs> my, my father does not suffer fools. Did you ever get uh, arrested? Or did you ever get brought home by the Cincinnati or by the police and, and had to, you know, face your father's wrath? No. Your father no. was a policeman. So Yes, he still is. Uh, once I spent some time in a holding cell hey. until I sobered up. Uh-huh. And then you sobered I up. Released. I did sober up. So was it like you see on TV? Did they? Did they? uh, It was a college uh, town. So were there? That's disappointing, Otis. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you know, you see those reality shows. I thought maybe you were in. Were you in General Pop? It was a holding cell. Jim Pop (laughs) (laughs) wasn't in. Wasn't making shivs. I wasn't doing anything like that. You would have if you if you had more time. You would have. Oh, I think I stayed there about two hours. And then they let me go. Did somebody Did have to use come that and get time you? to reflect yeah. upon the yeah. choices that you've made? No, I was, I, I just was in there. I had, I, they accused me of being, you know, drunk in a bar fight. Okay. Okay. And were you? What part of that was not true? Well, none of it. But the point is that <laughs> it took me about two hours and then I left. Well, something I always want to know, and I'm, I'm sure the colonel would like to know this too, uh, when you're in a female section of the jail, yeah. were, were there lesbian two hours? Se- was there lesbian sex going on? Was it like, the, was, like the movie? It was two hours. There was no reason to go gay for the stay for two hours. Like I held out. It was all right. Hmm. Well, here's my question, devil. Why? Do you feel that you have rehabilitated yourself? <laughs> Well, I, I have not know. seen any sign of that. I have not. I'm Here's not. the thing. I'm spending my time alone drinking a cup of coffee and talking to you two yahoos. So I feel like it didn't like turn out well. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of how it went. So stay out of jail, kids. All yeah, right. It's not fun. <clears throat> so, uh, so Postil did not do well in school. He got in trouble. At the age of 15, he was arrested and convicted of purse snatching. Which is a bad thing, Brandy. We do not condone it. No, we don't. He apparently preyed on elderly women. In one incident, uh, when the woman would not let go of her pocketbook, Lasky beat her in the head with his fist until she fell to the ground. Uh, he then straddled her and began to beat her with his fist. So yeah, he's shown some issues. Yeah, age 15. I After this, a motherfucker tried to take my purse. That thing weighs more than a small child. So go ahead. A- after this incident, he spent time in and out of prison. When he worked, uh, when he did work, he took jobs as a day laborer or a part-time taxi driver. In 1960, at the age of 23, he was convicted of assault and attempted rape of a 63-year-old woman. And as a result of this conviction, Lasky was sentenced to 10 years in the Ohio State Reformatory. Uh, Lasky would be paroled after four years for good behavior. And while he was incarcerated, he obtained his GED. So well, he didn't completely waste his time. Yeah, so. it seems to me that he truly did rehabilitate himself in those four years. He did yeah, not take I the time like, to reflect. I mean, I feel like yeah. the people that were on that board that let him out probably regretted their decision. Well, I'm guessing, yeah, probably so. So, Brandy, tell us what happens next. 
All right. So the murders uh, began, murders within a capital M, began in October of 1965, eight months after Lasky's release from prison with the gruesome sexual assault of Elizabeth Krako. Uh, Elizabeth was approached by a man outside of her apartment in the peaceful Walnut Hills section of the city at around noon. Uh, it's the middle of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he asked if he could speak with the caretaker, and when she led him to the basement, really, he dragged her into a side room, raped her, and attempted to choke her to death with a double-knotted clothesline. Uh, she was found barely alive, and within two weeks, two more women in the neighborhood were attacked in similar fashion. All three reported that their assailant had been a black male, but otherwise the descriptions differed. Less than a week later, another woman, 39-year-old Margaret Helton, was attacked by a black man who asked politely for directions, then dragged her into a car, told her she was being robbed, and wrapped a rope around her neck. She was able to scream, uh, leaning on her horn, as he ran off into the afternoon. Yeah, so these are blatant broad daylight. daylight. Yeah. It's just mad dog killer out here. Mm. Well, uh, the attacks continued through the latter part of 1965 and into 1966 as fear gripped Cincinnati's white community. I imagine it gripped all of the communities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, yeah, but, you know, this was a time of the civil rights movement, so there's a lot of racial tension going on. I think that's the point there. In December... Imogene, Imogene, excuse me, Harrington, 56, was found strangled with her clothing ripped in her apartment building by a double-knotted plastic cord. He likes those double-knotted plastic cords. In January of 1966, an intruder attempted to choke a woman in her Walnut Hills basement. He's liking Walnut Hills. Yeah. Walnut Uh, Hills is a neighborhood in Cincinnati. Yes. Her her husband reported hearing the screams and chasing off a tall black man wearing a trench coat and a hat. Oh, he had a trench so, coat. Well, yeah, because nothing says I blend in like a trench coat and a hat in he, the middle of the day. He, he, you have to miss the styling. He's got a trench coat. He does. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Now, this is where he gets out of his, his general vicinity because one of the hills, in, uh, for those who do not know Cincinnati, he started in Avondale, moved to Walnut Hills, but those two neighbors, neighborhoods are adjacent to one another. Mm-hmm. So you could just walk back and forth to each other. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In April of 1966, Lois Dont was strangled and sexually assaulted in her Price Hill apartment. So there we go. We moved on. Yeah, this, is uh, a, this, this neighborhood is, is further away. Yeah, this, this is on the west neighbor. side, Timmy. Yes, your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, your, your side my, of town, anyway. My best friend, Tom... Mm-hmm. Lived three doors from three houses from the apartment that this woman was killed in. To me, all right, go ahead, Brandy. <laughs> Don't care about that, evidently. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, day. it was creepy. I know. Uh, let's see. She was assaulted, or yeah, she was assaulted by an assailant who reportedly knocked on her door asking for the apartment manager. As the stories piled up, the investigation proved increasingly frustrating to police. Authorities wavered on whether or not these attacks were committed by the same person, but key elements seemed to link them. Good job, CPD. Jesus Christ, you think they might be connected? Mm. Ropes or cords were used to strangle the women in most cases, and most of the attacks included sexual assault. But most importantly, survivors reported the assailant was black. 
that obviously. Well, well you know, last time we same. last time we talked about uh, when we we discussed a. Uh, Derek Todd Lee, the uh, Baton Rouge serial killer, he was uh-huh. African American, and in most cases, uh, serial killers are Caucasian. So, kind of breaks the mold. Breaking here. the norm. Kind of break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati Police Chief Jacob Schott, oh, hmm, uh announced that the same man had been responsible for the murders. There cannot be three of them, he told the press. Desperate to put an end to the threat, police expanded their squad, putting twenty-two men to work on over 1,000 tips. The late 1960s was a period of turmoil in the United States with race and anti-war taking place uh, across the country. Yeah. Yes, causing white conservative Americans to become anxious. Well, God forbid. As the summer of 66 progressed, riots took place in Atlanta, Chicago, and Dayton, Ohio. And Dayton's never recovered. Uh, just 53 miles northeast of Cincinnati. While the local assaults continued, police began to indiscriminately round up black men. There we go. Particularly in Cincinnati's predominantly black Avondale neighborhood and put them in lineups. Hmm, sure, that's not wrong at all. Civil rights groups protested, but the environment of fear won out. Police would ultimately deputize a vast network of firefighters, meter readers, security guards, and mail carriers. Well, you've got to watch out for those fucking meter that. readers. Yeah, they're meter mm-hmm. readers. Well, they're, they're on it. They're probably the ones who caught him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, he probably the, got caught from parking illegally, and one of those meter maids got him. Oh, man, they're badass, too. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll beat the shit out of you. They'll tase you in a minute, Colonel. Yeah, I got tased for, for just not being parking. a little too far off the car. Yep. At full strength, 5,000 citizens and police were working on the case. A hotline received 800 tips a day. 15,000 cars were checked out, and editorials were printed in the Inquirer, begging the killer to come forward. Well, that should work. I don't know why. (laughs) Halloween would officially be moved to the daytime. Oh, that sucked. Yeah. Uh, Police. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
thought early on that one man was doing all the killings, despite the fact that they were so spread out. The killer's MO was similar. Two women were killed with a nylon or plastic corded cord knotted into loops at each end. Before the killing started, at least two women were attacked in the same manner, but had managed to escape. The others were strangled with stockings or a necktie or a belt from a bathrobe. Another grisly murder in August of 1966 further changed the direction of the investigation. I just want to say those neckties back in the 70s, those are wide ties. Oh, yeah. No, those weren't playing around. I still got some of those, Timmy. It wasn't like a bolo tie. (laughs) Chuck wears them. Of course he does. You Please wear one to work. I'm bringing them back. Of course you are. Uh, at around 2 a.m., a cab you driver. Think about ties and style oh, here we go. and fashion. Uh-huh. If you wear the same thing to me uh-huh. for 15, 18 years, uh-huh. eventually it comes back in style. Yeah, I'm still waiting for some. Hey, I'm, I, go ahead. It's like my bell bottoms that I wear. My, yeah. my, my hip pair bell bottom uh, pants. And your par- parachute pants. Yeah. And when those come back in style, people say, oh, you're a trendsetter. That's Randy, how, how would you better. describe the colonel's dressing, uh, his style of dress? It looks like he went to Fire Island <laughs> <laughs> on his way through San Francisco and showed up to work. I see. Actually, I take that back. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that back because he would be dressed better if those things happened. I see. So, you know, I describe his style as maybe hobo chic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least a chic. Uh, Blind, uh, blind caretaker kind of. Blind ambition. No, like they should make adult garanimals just for you. So he's colorblind. You have to, I you know, have to. which is why he needs grow animals. I know. I'm reminded every day that he's colorblind when he comes walking in. You can tell when Renee has not dressed him. All right. I've been told I'm quite the, quite the dapper man. Nobody's told you dapper that. Dapper man about town. Wait, nobody's told you that. Well, he has a, quite a following, you know, Brandy, on, on our Facebook page. There's people that like him. I yes. know, but those and are you're lost. You're sending our listeners lost. right now. Apologize to him, devil. Mm-mm. I will not. This is There's why a, we'll never be as big as some of the other podcasts, Timmy. Because yeah, she she alienates people. Yes, I do. Uh, well, she has see. a okay. she has a following as well. I do. Yeah, a cult following. We're all going to get uh, history dweebs tattoos. I. But don't know about all that. Okay. So here's on, you thing. have to commit to it. So we can't. I don't you know, have we to commit. We can't ask the, our listeners to go out and get tattoos unless we're willing to do it ourselves. I didn't realize that we were asking our listeners to do that. Yeah, I just did. Just two seconds. Oh, ago. okay. So you're on I board, right? Zoned out. I think our listeners could. We should just do the jailhouse tattoos, Timmy. Where mm-hmm. you just kiss mink and India ink and a needle and just. If our listeners all have and love across our knuckles. hands, yeah, uh-huh. just dots yeah. on their hands. I'm out signify they was dweebs. That's all we need. I see. Uh, or tramp around. stamps. Tramp okay. stamps would be good. I'm willing to get a tramp stamp, Brandy, if you are. Oh, absolutely. If you get a tramp stamp on it, I'm on it. All right. All right. We're going to get all tramp stamps. History dweeb. Okay. The little history dweeb insignia as a tramp stamp. Yes. 
All right. So at around 2 a.m., a cab driver, a short black man with a goatee, picked up 31-year-old Barbara Bowman from a bar in Clifton, which is a big college area. So what she was doing up there at 31, I'm not real sure. But I think she was at the bar, I think. Yes, it's where he picked her up from. At the yeah. Mm. It's a college area up there. So right, right. She's a little long in the tooth for all that, but whatever. Later that evening, a police would find Bowman lying dead it's on a pretty sidewalk. Pretty judgmental. Yeah, I know. What? You still hanging out in bars now, and you're talking about her? It's 31. Not, it's not that old. She could have been graduate uh, she'd been stabbed in the neck by a paring knife that lay several feet from her, along with a rope that was used to choke her. Seems a little bit excessive. This one differed from the other cases, as Barbara Bowman was just 31 years old. Her shoes and jewelry were found near the scene, and her purse lay. Her purse was a little way back. Uh, the cab was up on a curb, and it was clear that she'd tried to escape when the driver ran her down before stabbing and strangling her. The murderer Ran not only her down, then stabbed and strangled her. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty it's, yeah, it's violent. Bad. Mm. Seems like uh, well, I don't need to. Seems like overkill. Yes, slightly. Uh, the murderer had not only been gruesome; it had also been uncharacteristically sloppy. Furthermore, Bowman again was thirty-one years old and was decades younger than all the other victims. Also, unlike the other cases, this one had witnesses galore. Oh, he did this just balls out right there. Everyone yeah. who had been in the bar, up. for starters. So, yeah, he went balls out after her. Barbara Bowman had gone to a Clifton bar with friends and decided to take a cab home at 2 a.m. Well, because that's what time the bar closes. Her body and the abandoned cab were found at a street corner in Price Hill, a block from her apartment. Now, see, now he's so, getting up into my neck of the woods. Keep your yes. cereal strangling in, in, in other parts of town. Yeah, because that makes it better. Um, while she had been beaten and stabbed, she hadn't been raped. Uh, police believe that she'd put up a fight and her killer panicked and fled. In the cab, they found her purse, a bloody paring knife used to stab her, and the rope that had been used to try and strangle her. Uh, another cab driver reported picking up an out-of-breath black man just blocks from the scene moments after the murder was thought to have taken place. Furthermore, the fake cab driver had picked up eight previous fares and interacted with the dispatch throughout the night. So if he's a fake cab driver, what the hell is he doing talking to dispatch? Well, he's getting fake. I mean, he's picking up. That, that's a pretty that's good That's how you he's really like convince a- him. Yeah, uh, he's an Uber driver. He's taking, yeah. he's getting well, fake. He's getting real money, though. Yeah, but can't you? Well, whatever. I would think they would know who their cab drivers were, but whatever. Uh, it turned out the cab had been stolen from a yellow cab lot, and a man had used it to pick up at least six fares before Bowman. Police said they found nearly two dozen people who thought they'd seen the cab driver, and they'd called an FBI artist to work up a sketch. The murder of Alice Hulkhauser two months later set events on an even faster downward spiral. Alice was 51, uh, a mother and the wife of the chief surgeon at Good Samaritan Hospital, which is a huge hospital here in Cincinnati. That's where the colonel was born. Oh, she was they, have a little, they have a little plaque. We should they burn it they got a little tile there, Timmy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. It just she says really the baby a, colonel. Can we, can we get through this? Well, yes, that's what was, I've been wondering. You had two pages, and it's taking you 30 minutes. So if you could just... She was, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah. 
She was brutally attacked, raped, and killed in the garage of her home in the posh historic Gaslight District on October 11, 1966. Another neighborhood. Yes. Beautiful neighborhood. Yeah, that's uh, nice. I lived there. The brutality of her murder, combined with the fact that it took place in a quiet, segregated suburban neighborhood of tree-lined streets and luxu- luxury homes, sent the city into a frenzy. On October 20, 1966, at midnight, Ruth Wenzel, 81, was raped and strangled in her home and jammed under a bed. Ugh. This time, the news of the murders finally went national, with stories appearing in True Detective magazine and Newsweek. Well, you know you've made it if you get in True Detective. Oh, I, I used to read True Detectives because that they always had some hot models. Yeah, that was, it was right really, right really was. Like if you ran out of National Geographic or they had True Confessions too that was really, there's some, some really hot stories in there, but uh, never mind. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us off track. Continue, well, right. Colonel. You know what we're sticklers about staying on subject to me. Yeah, we are. We get Bro. a lot of complaints about that. Let's talk about what this what this fool kept doing. Now he had another botched attempt to snare a victim, Jimmy. Okay. In late '66, and that led to a break. The police received a license plate number from a witness. A it license plate number them, from a witness, Brandy. Yes. To post Steel Lasky, a 29 year old former cab driver. We had a sex offense on his rap sheet, Timmy. You don't want to have a sex offense on your rap sheet. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? You, I agree. You don't want a sex offense on your rap sheet. All right. Now, he added to the body count that year. There was uh, I would just point out, I'm the only one on this podcast that doesn't have a rap sheet. But continue. I don't have one. Well, you were picked up. You were picked up. I don't have a rap sheet. Well, well you, you got a rap sheet like as thick as the yellow pages, I bet. <laughs> Negative ghostwriter. <laughs> That's my FBI file. My rap sheet <laughs> itself. No, I got nothing. Well, anyway, he picked up two more victims that year. It was Layla Carrick, 81. She was found up uh, by St. Peter and Chains Cathedral by us, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Not far. Yeah. So, anyway, she was walking home from church, Timmy. And she was strangled with her own stocking. Now, someone called police claiming they saw a strange man leaving her building, gave him a license plate number, and again, it belonged to Posty Olasky, former cab huh. driver. Coincidence, I'm sure. They quickly right. tied him to Bowman's killing, and Lasky had given his former cab number, 188, to the dispatcher who requested a taxi for Bowman. Now, acting upon this information... They arrested Postil. The 24-9-year-old cab driver was charged with the murder of one victim, Barbara Rose Bowman. Yeah, that was the the 31-year-old. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, they had enough witnesses. The police determined that he would steal cabs and then pick up people, and that's what he did in the Bowman case. Police said Bowman was struck by the cab, then fatally stabbed, strangled, and when she tried to get away. Several witnesses indicated they'd seen Bowman get into the cab that he was driving. So I, I not looking good for a post teal. It's not looking year. good, and and he ran her over after he gave her the ride, not as because that would be crazy to get into a cab with somebody who just tried to run you over. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the cab driver <laughs> hit you, I'd take the bus. Yeah, <laughs> well, 
That doesn't stop now, you from you, getting run over, does you it? You got on the bus after it, did you, Timmy? After you <laughs> hit the bus. <laughs> I did not get hit by a bus. It was a car. It was but a continue. car. <laughs> continue. <laughs> get it right. Anyway, Lasky gets indicted for just this one murder, Boomer. As physical evidence was scant, and we did not have the forensic files back in those days, Timmy. Brandy, the physical evidence was scant. Scant. Scant, like a lot of your reasons, Brandy. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, the trial began in March 27th, 1967. It was probably a windy day. An all-white jury was seated, and Postille did not look pleased when he walked into the courtroom. I'm, I'm, I'm opining there, Timmy. <laughs> Yeah, you're speculating. I was not there, but I'm speculating that when Postia walked in and saw all white jury of of 81-year-old women, he probably was not too pleased. Now, the judge selected um, had faced Lasky in 1958 and said on the court record, men like you should be put out of society for life, Timmy. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Well, I agree. He should, but he didn't, but he didn't, but he didn't. So he's out. And Lasky's attorney, uh, they, they just said, could could we maybe have a change of venue here? A different judge. Different jury. You cannot. Yeah. And the judge just slammed the gavel down and said, denied. Exactly. At trial, there was a long line of witnesses that identified post Some A long line of witnesses, Brandy. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, they just strolled through the courtroom and said, the whole uh-huh, bar. That was him. That was him. That was him. <laughs> but five witnesses stated Lasky was home at the time of the Bowman murder. Lying motherfuckers. Well, Your yeah, thoughts on that, Brandy? I think five, I just gave him. Five said he was at home. Lies. But much of the evidence was based on witnesses who placed him in the vicinity of the murders as well as the description and license plate of the car, Timmy. Witness descriptions differed, but the prosecution could call forth a good number of people who could testify that Lasky had seen, used the cab in question, and had called in the dispatch on the evening of Bowman's murder. See, this is back in the days when you get away with this shit. Now everything's computerized. Mm-hmm. They got records. There's a paper trail for everything. Being a criminal is hard these days. They will GPS your ass. Yes, they will. That's why I turn my phone off all the time. So You're smart. You're like that. Anyway, unless if you're going to commit a crime, turn off your phone because they can track you, ping you from the towers and know your location. Your rough. They location. can ping you, Brandy. Yes, they can. I hate so, being pinged. <laughs> I hate being yeah. pinged too. So anyway, Timmy, let's see. What was we at on this? Well, you were um, talking about well, what the defense had charged. to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, the press what? certainly gave impression, the impression that Postiolaski was, in fact, the Cincinnati Strangler, Timmy. Well, Others you left out a whole so sentence sure. there, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> it wasn't a critical sentence, Timmy. Well, it was just that defense uh, had five witnesses who said it, including his mother, brother, <laughs> yeah, three other. Mama, I love that. His relatives. Killer. Yeah, every killer, Timmy, is going to have a bunch of witnesses saying... Oh, no, he was home watching Jeopardy with us, and he was getting all the answers right. That's how we remember. Right, exactly. 
Yeah, Postio wasn't really the smartest guy in the world either. So anyway, he was never charged with any of the other murders, Timmy. And But they gave the impression that the Cincinnati Strangler was caught. Now, others were not so sure. And Lasky's conviction with such little evidence led to outrage in the African-American community, Timmy. In 1967, nearly 30% of Cincinnati's population was black. But there was only one black seat on the city council. Nearly 40% of public school children were black. Yet only one black person served on the school board. So, seems like they're not... not Fully being represented to me, proportionately. Correct. Correct. So organized protests had been plentiful in the city, but the outcomes had not changed. The NAACP organized a protest to draw attention to the lack of representation in trade unions to no avail. Now, in a trend that was echoed throughout the long, what they call the long, hot summer, young people in northern cities were growing disillusioned with the limitations of nonviolent protests. When it was laws that were oppressive, protests could be effective in changing them. But when it was attitudes, double standards, and a broadly racist culture that hounded black residents, watches and sit-ins did little, Timmy. Tensions in Cincinnati following the conviction of Lasky grew so thick that civil rights leader Martin Luther King made a special trip to appeal for calm, Timmy. Now, that same day, however, Lasky's cousin, Peter Frakes, Picket with a sign that said, Lasky, innocent, Cincinnati, guilty. Now, police arrested Frakes and charged him with trespassing and blocking traffic. This struck black residents as a particular hollow use of the statue. When had white people been arrested for blocking traffic on the sidewalk? He's got a point there, Brandy. Well, that's hard to do. It seems to me that if people are driving on the sidewalk, you ought to be arresting them, Timmy. Exactly. If you're blocking traffic on the sidewalk, you well, basically what you are is generally the victim of being run over by a car. Exactly. So anyway, there was a tense protest, Timmy, and a rock was thrown through a church window. Now, there's no reason for that. No, there is no reason for that. Now, soon a fire was set in the street and a Molotov cocktail was hurled into a drugstore where earlier in the day, a group of youths had argued with the white owner. That night, there were 14 arrests made. The next night, unrest continued with fires, broken windows, overturned cars, more arrests. A black man was shot in the neck on his own front porch. A 15-year-old white resident was critically wounded by crossfire in front of a gas station, Timmy. And I remember this, Timmy. I was, I was a young little lad, Dad, Timmy, living in the projects. The next day, 900 National Guardsmen had been deployed to Cincinnati with shoot-to-kill orders. Chuck's the I, jerk. <clears throat> huh? You're I do remember jerk. this. Yeah. I know, but you're, I was born a poor black child. I was. Yeah, I, was. I was in the projects. It was English Woods, Timmy. I remember the, the National Guardsmen. Well, they were. I mean, was this uh, was that during this riot or the riot after the death of Martin Luther King? Because there was two Both. riots. Both, okay. Timmy. And, of we course, all three of us were here during the riots in 2001, right? We yeah, are, were you in Cincinnati? We were you in Cincinnati? Hmm? We're quick to riot. We are, we are trick. We love, we love a good riot. We Go ahead, do love Colonel. a good riot. It took another 24 hours for it to be entirely quelled. 
At the end, 63 were injured, 400 people were arrested, and one person had died, Timmy. Hmm. Now, despite being sentenced to death, Postio's execution was never carried out because you had that Furman case. In 72, the Supreme Court struck down all existing death sentences. So he will be eligible for parole again in 2017 at the age of 79 years old and was incarcerated at the Pickaway Correctional Institute. However, a lot of Randy's good friends are at the Pickaway Correctional Institute. Mm -hmm. A lot of people Randy's out in those holding cells with. Mm -hmm. But he was not meant to be, Timmy. Postio died of natural causes in 2007 while still in prison. No one, Timmy, claimed the lad's body. Oh. Yeah. So he was buried on prison grounds. Well, they're probably all dead. I mean, it was that was a long time ago. 40 years well, ago. The, despite the ago. fact that he was tried for only one murder, Timmy, prosecutors believe they got their man. And the media still refers to Postio Lasky as the Cincinnati Strangler. But there are many in law enforcement who believe that Postio Lasky was a Cincinnati Strangler and was guilty of murdering the elderly victims, but not killing the 31-year-old Barbara Bowman in the case he was convicted of. That went outside his... His regular, yeah. his and Brandy, I know you watch some television shows once in a while, uh-huh. but the thirty-one-year-old went outside of his mo. Now, mo stands for the Latin modus operandi. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Which modus means, operandi Chuck, means of operation. That's my thought. Well, yeah. you hear that on TV all the time. Mo, mo, mo. And I know you're sitting around wondering, what the hell are they talking about? So I'm going to tell you I, now. I never have. As modus operandi. Thank you. Here's the thing that you have to remember is when people do this stuff, at some point they start to, they they make huge mistakes, but they also start to basically deconstruct, like, de- deconstruct, like they yeah. just start to, to break down. And that's probably what happened is he gets himself into a frenzy and, you know, you know, I think I I think he probably thought she was older than what she was, and she would probably been insulted by that. She probably was. He probably she she looked a little rough. Because Colonel, what really? what does women have in common who are over a certain age? Well, it depends. Now it's 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 hard to say that she had reached the manly stage and it started the penis growth at thirty one years old, but it happens to me. No. <laughs> Happens no. to those who don't take care of themselves. No, no, this is not what we're doing today. <laughs> Brandy, you're, uh, what do you think? Do you think that he was uh, responsible for all the murders or just, uh, just the elderly women or just, or just Bowman or what do you, what's your thoughts? I think, I think he's responsible for all of them. Okay. And uh, Colonel, your, your thoughts on that. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to get some more information on this, Timmy. Look into it a little bit deeper. Maybe open this back up as a cold case. Yeah. See. Or I just say do it. No, let's just go with he did them all, Timmy. I see. Save save some time. Yeah. Save okay, some time. that's the story of Postil Lasky, the Cincinnati yeah. Strangler. And your final thoughts, Brandy? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, no, I um. You know, I want to I want to thank everybody that gave to the GoFundMe page yes, for Bridget. For, that for Bridget. Yeah, for Bridget. Uh-huh. Um, her that money's going to go to her family to help them with funeral expenses and some things like that. Um, and then I think there's something else going on on the page, but I'm not sure if that started yet. So be on the look for be on the lookout for different things. 
and yeah, that's, join my, us. that's my thoughts. Okay, thank you. Join us. Feel free to join us on our Facebook page. It's a Facebook group. It's History Reads the Podcast, and uh, a lot of great people there, so feel free to join us. And Colonel, do you have any final thoughts? I say guilty, and I say that, um, as the devil said, we dedicated this one to Bridget. We're going to miss her greatly. Bridget was one of the original people to come into the group with us um, back when the group was so, so small, when we didn't really think that anybody was going to listen to us at all, Timmy. Um, she was the first one, one of the first ones there. So, yeah. And so as we, I said, we, we met her in Indy, and she was just a, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful girl. And we're yeah. going to deeply miss her. And there are people on the page that became very, very close personal friends with her. And, and we are yeah. thinking about them. She touched a lot of lives. Yes. And it's, a, it's sad because this is the second uh, time we've lost someone. Uh, of course, she lost Cairo yes. last year and uh, Bridget this year. So uh, and you get really close to people, especially on that Facebook group. So uh we you know it's sad but um it was great to see everyone come together and contribute to uh to it was, uh, was. It was. everybody make donations to friend yeah uh, okay well, let's uh thank everyone on our patreon list let's do that timmy let's start with uh <clears throat> jim seabright andrew scammell tommy lane jason dykes terry strafford brandy mcbride jennifer jennifer Savota, per westman maggie glover gracie's mom Erica Kinney Hiro Comeback Podcast. Reen, Marissa LK Bar. Marissa? And I, I got a little bit that? of a sore throat here, Timmy. Okay. Bridget was one of our Patreon sponsors, Timmy. Yes. And every week we would ra- read off her name. Um, so that's that's another that's how I say we can tr- I say we continue to read off her name. We uh, yes, and Hyros, yes. Philip Munson, Jennifer Riker-Smith, Stephen Potts, Anna Garrett, Ben Dobrovich, Ursula, Clark and Diane, of course, Beth Ann Wallen, Michelle Johns, my next wife, Margaret, Margaret McDonald, Aaron Turner, Jess, Lee Ann Flanagan, lovely Irish lass, Julia Rodriguez. She's English, Mike but that's Sadler. okay. She's got an Irish name. You know she's Irish. Jamie Dent. Ty- Tyrone, Marsha Boris, Stacey Alsop, Jody and Sean Wells, Amber Anderson, of course they walk among us podcast, um, Lorna Violet, Michael Dell, Kelly Charette, Karen Widener, Callie Jones, Lauren Mathis, Jess Greeno, Pleasing Casual, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, Amber Krupp, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cameron, Elise Edgerton, History Goes Bump, Amber Trevino, Lise, Bahara Lopez, Alicia and Chip Mincy, Marquia Smith, Jeff and Don Chestnut, who are doing a lot of hiking, getting back in shape, Timmy. Andrew Hap, Cam Barnes, Rachel Flynn, the lovely Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja, Shelly Garrett. Uh, the Nebraska nerd—that's what they call it. You know, Shelly. Yeah, she did. A, she, when we talked about the um, fundraising that was done for Bridget, she played a key role in that and managed all that. So, thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly Garrett, Carol, Elise, Kristen Malachinsky, Adam McWaters, the Ransom Reason Podcast, and Paula Kimes, 
The Vanish Podcast, Canadian True Crime, Charlie from Insight, Angela Santos, Lydia Walsam Fisher, Kim Stroop, Nicole Adams, Rob Monastero, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl LeBlanc Weldon, Veronica Moreno. Let's see who we got here. Timmy? Chris Lane Alexander, Elaine Baker, Vivian Baca, Mark and Chi, Amanda Lupus, Shannon Arnold, Kimberly Smith, another West Side the girl over here. Lovely Kimberly Smith. Lovely Kimberly Smith. Robin Sherrod, Ruth Keith Whitfield, Cassie Kitchens, Nick Johnson, Natasha Burgess, Julie Bentley, Patty Schmidt. Of course, Lady Beverly. We can't forget Lady Beverly. The lovely Lady Beverly. <clears throat> we have the world's most dangerous canine, Timmy. Rudy the Wonder Dog. And the lady uh, we put all this work in for, the person that inspires us to do this podcast week after week after week after week. Okay, okay, Daddy okay. Scott. Yes, Mom, thank you. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com backslash what the fuck? What? HistoryDweeds.com If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash HistoryDweeds where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or just a wee little bit. Just a wee, just a tip, Colonel. Just a tip, yeah. Brandy, any final words from you? Any words of wisdom? Nope, just she ain't had a word of wisdom. Why don't you go wake up, Dave? By yeah, you know, waking him up, making him happy. Dave's up, the fire alarm went off, so Dave's up, and now he's just kind of hanging out. So we're all good, okay? Okay. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you all for for listening. Thank you, everyone. We'll be kind. We'll see you next time on History Tweets. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.